Hello and welcome to another week of Ladies of Instart. I have seen a few Instagram accounts that are just incredibly captivating and I just can't stop looking at them and following them is such an encouragement and they create such beautiful pieces. And Carrie Engelder is exactly what I'm talking about. You guys really, I encourage you strongly to go check her out. (laughs) She has some incredible, incredible paper cutting that she does and it's mind boggling because it's not even something that I think I could begin to do. I don't even know how someone starts paper cutting, but I did find out a little bit in our conversation. So take a listen to my conversation with Carrie Engelder. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. It's great to be here. So I always like to start these off kind of the same way, and I want to hear a little bit about yourself. Uh, Where are you from, and what do you love about where you live? I'm originally from Santa Rosa, California, which is um, around Sonoma, so you might know Mm it um, as Wine County. Um, I currently live in San Francisco, so I've been a Northern California native for almost all my life. Um, I think what I love most about where I live is, um, especially in San Francisco, there's stuff going on all the time. And if you want to go find something to do, you can find it. But personally, I live in the inner sunset, which is kind of near to Ocean Beach. Um, and it's a lot mellower. So it's kind of like a nice, calm retreat from the busy uh, city life. That's so cool. So why art? What drew you towards art? Oh, that's a that's a really good question and a really hard one. Um, I think it's just been something that I've been drawn to all my life. Um, it's it brings me a lot of joy, and I love making things with my hands. And it's something that I can kind of lose myself in, um, maybe a form of meditation, if you will. Um, And it just, it brings me a lot of peace and personal happiness, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love what you said about it being a form of meditation. That's that's the perfect way to describe it when you get lost in your art. That's Mm -hmm. exactly the feeling that I think people shoot for when they're they're meditating. Yeah. um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on... uh, uh, mindfulness and well-being recently and a lot of people in that um, field call it flow or like mm-hmm. when you're in this place of um, no longer thinking about the past or the future and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I feel like when I'm really focusing in on my paper cuts um, and working on detailed portions of them. Mm-hmm. That's so cool to be completely engrossed in the present. I don't think that I think that's something that we don't do enough as a culture. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do. It's so hard. Uh, it's so much easier said than done. Yes, definitely. Do you work from home or do you have a little studio you work in? Um, I do work from home. So um, my studio, I have like two nooks that I kind of work from. Mm. 
I have a little space um, in the laundry room that <laughs> is like this little dark nook, but I have a curtain and I can draw it across and it's kind of my own okay. private space. Um, no one can come and bother me. And then I also have a desk in my room near a window because um, if it's daytime, I like to work um, so I can see nature and stuff outside. Oh, that's so cool. What's your environment like around you when you're working? Are you listening to music, watching TV, listening to podcasts? Um, I like to do kind of a combination of stuff. Um, recently, I've been really into Friends reruns. Mm -hmm. But um, when I get tired of that, I play some music on Spotify or um, I, I'm really into podcasts. I think usually I listen to podcasts more when I'm walking around and stuff, mm -hmm. but um sometimes they're nice to listen to as kind of background stuff while I'm working as well yeah I think it completely depends on my mood what I'm putting on what I'm drawing yeah to. yeah me too are you self-taught I am uh, well yeah I mean yes <laughs> <laughs> let's see um I I guess self-taught in the sense that I what I do currently, um, nobody's taught me how to do that. I kind of figured it out on my own. Um, okay. But I've definitely had a lot of help along the way from art teachers. And um, I did major in art in college. And so all those people gave me the fundamentals about how to approach composition and stuff like that, which is still so important mm -hmm. um, in what I do. How did you even get started paper cutting? Like, how does someone decide I'm gonna start <laughs> cutting paper into beautiful creations <laughs> um let's see I think it's a combination of things um I my focus in college was printmaking and okay. I've always been really drawn to um artistic processes that are really or art forms that are really about the process not necessarily I mean the end result is really really fun and beautiful to see but the process takes just as long as like eventually seeing your your work of art. Um, and so I think paper cutting is, is definitely kind of analogous to printmaking for me in that way. Mm -hmm. There's this artist named Swoon. I don't know if you've heard of her before, but she is a, um, a street artist from Brooklyn. And she does... Um, really large scale prints and wheat paste them onto walls. And um, in some of her wheat paste, she had portions of the print that were that were cut out. And so you could see the raw wall behind the print. And I heard of her in high school and just thought that she was the coolest. And I, mm -hmm. I really loved doing lino cuts at that time. And she did these like huge, large scale lino cuts. And I was like, oh, this woman is so cool. Um, and then later in college, when I started paper cutting, I kind of like went back to swoon. And instead of focusing more on the print side of things, looked more at the designs that she was cutting out of the paper and how the the wall behind it was also part of this whole piece and the like feeling of the uh, piece of artwork and that was just really like this kind of breakthrough moment for me and um yeah that's awesome 
What What are some of the basic supplies of paper cutting? Some of the basic supplies. Um, well, you definitely need some paper. Okay, and... shocking. <laughs> um, in this case, I, I've tried lots of different papers. Some of them work better than others. Mm-hmm. My favorites are um, pastel paper. So mm. um, Canson does some really great pastel papers as well as me tints. I, I never know how to say it. I've always looked at it, but um, it, they also create really great paper. Um, and it's kind of like sturdy, but not too thin. Um, okay. And so it stands up to like really thin cuts and um, detailed portions. Um, and then you definitely need an exacto blade. Um, for a while, I was using exacto blade um just like the exacto blade brand but um with the number two blade and then more recently <laughs> i mean i'm probably on a blacklist for this or something but i or- ordered some scalpels on oh. Amazon, <laughs> and i i had been talking to other paper cut artists on instagram and i was like wow i love the details in this piece and was chatting with them about how they achieved those like really clean lines and someone tipped me off to the scalpel idea and so I um I actually bought a scalpel and it actually works super well like if you ever want to do some paper cut designs scalpel is the way to go go get on a blacklist and get a scalpel yeah (laughs) yeah who knows your designs are Uh, so beautiful do you sketch them out first yeah, I sketch all of them out first okay. um, on the back of the paper. So mm-hmm. um, if there's words included in the design, I have to write those backwards. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely sketch it all out first. Um, some of the more detailed areas, like if I'm doing a creature with like flowing fur or something like that, I usually don't sketch all of those tiny details out. I um, will kind of draw general lines and then kind of um, work on it as I go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see that. Well, they're absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I'm completely drawn to them. They're amazing. What are some of your favorite things to cut? Um, I'm, I'm really drawn to natural things. Um, I love to cut animals. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that my <laughs> cut animal sounds horrible. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> it does, but it works in the context of our conversation. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, sometimes when people ask me what I what kind of art I do, I'll say, oh, I do paper cuts, and they're like, give me this really weird look and I'm like oh no 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 like I cut into paper I don't give myself paper cuts as a form of art (laughs) um I would say that my the shapes that I'm drawn to are all organic and natural um I really love like folk and fairy tales Mm. um I recently did a jackalope cut and that was really fun for me um I think kind of creating the spirit of the creature it's when I'm cutting something out of paper it it kind of comes to life like piece by piece as I'm cutting it out Mm -hmm. and so it's almost this process of like giving giving life to this 
animal or, or design that's emerging from the paper. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel like they're alive in some ways. <laughs> they look like they're alive. Yeah. You really capture the essence of them instead of, instead of being very literal, like your bird, you'll have flowers on it. And I, I see why you would put those flowers on that bird. I think that's really cool. Oh, thank you. Are there any things that you're a little bit scared to cut, but you still do it anyway? Yeah, I would. Um, I think sometimes I have the tendency to go back to designs that I'm comfortable or familiar with. So if I've done um, something with fur, then I feel much more confident going into like another another cut that has similar elements. Mm. Um Right now I'm working on a project for a client that is more three-dimensional than any of the work that I've done before and has a lot more kind of clean lines. It feels much more um, kind of design-focused um, and uh, simple, simple. And um, that was definitely a little scary going into just because I'm very used to like, oh, if I like kind of have a wobbly line here um it kind of goes with the feeling of my pieces and mm-hmm. um this one I have to be very very precise and like very mm-hmm. focused and make sure that all of my lines are like straight and clean and um figuring out how to give it depth while still working with paper has been a challenge for me as well um but it's it's really fun to like work with it and fail a couple times but then find like something that works out and um I finally today got to that point where I was like okay I made a prototype that will work and now I actually get to like build the whole thing perfectly the way that I want it and um that was a really cool moment (laughs) that's really cool what happens when you mess up in one of those in a cut like that is Mm -hmm. it is it just like you just have to restart um, it depends on the cut. Usually when I do overcut, I don't overcut by a huge amount. So I can okay. kind of like go in and um, make that line a little longer, or that space like a little bit differently shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do cut through like the edge of a design, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of good night for the design, mm-hmm. um, if, especially <laughs> Especially if it's um, something that's really noticeable. Um, Sometimes I can kind of patch it together on the back with like a dab of glue and you can't really see the cut. But Mm. in other cases, I kind of have to retire it and start again. (laughs) That'd be so heartbreaking (laughs) because they look like they take a lot of time. Like how much time, how long did it take you to do your jackalope? I think the jackalope was something like 13 hours. It was a long time. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like that long because I kind of work on it in little stints. And yeah. um, I find that if I try and push myself and like work longer than I want to just to get it done, then I start making mistakes. And so when I, when I start feeling tired, I kind of give myself some space and mm-hmm. let myself come back to it later. Um, but yeah, that one, I think that was the longest. I've spent on a cut before usually they're somewhere around like five 
five hours for a simpler one. Um, That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot faster over the years. So. Mm, that's cool. How much do your backgrounds play into your art when you take final photos of them? Um, I think it's something that I'm realizing is more and more important. Um, when I do display my art um, in frames, I like to use float frames, which have like two panels of glass and they kind of sandwich the cut between them um, and are transparent so you can see the wall behind them. And um, I've been, I've, I've put them in some different shows and in different venues and it totally matters. Like sometimes the texture will be great for them and it will to it will like really make them pop. And then other times it'll be kind of a boring texture or boring color and they just don't look as alive. Um, for the cuts, at least, I find that lighting really matters, too, um, because they do cast their own shadows behind them um, on the wall. And if you have, like, two sources of light or, like, they're at different angles or different brightnesses, you don't get to see the shadow as well. Mm, that's really, really interesting. Is there a medium that you want to try that you haven't tried yet? Well, I mean, I, 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 I find a lot of joy in learning new techniques and um, processes. I recently have been thinking a lot about clay and like mm. doing more ceramic stuff, um, although I have done that in the past. Um, I also like to work with like metal and, and stuff like that um, for jewelry, kind of metal smithing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, recently I've been into natural dyes as well. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, as I mentioned before, I really love nature. And um, I had been reading a book about natural dyeing processes. And um, there's a lot of, like, fibers and plants that you can find around California that create some interesting um, colors and so um, I experimented with dyeing some like cotton tablecloths and pillowcases and then printing on top of those and so that's something that's kind of in the works right now um, next I'd really like to try some indigo dyeing and see how that goes Ooh, I, I like the look of indigo yeah me too it's so um, it has so much depth to it and there's mm -hmm. so many different shades in, in the indigo spectrum mm -hmm. it's a very it's a rich color and a rich spectrum to work with yeah yeah how has social media helped you with your art um I think it's it's helped a lot it's definitely kind of um a a little bit of a, a battle like it finding the balance there mm -hmm. um because I, I obviously want to be spending most of my time working, um, but documenting your work and um, putting it out there for people to see is also really important if I do want to go forward as a freelance artist. And um, yeah, I think Instagram has helped so much and um, Facebook is really great for promoting events and letting people know um, when your work's going to be somewhere. 
um, yeah, it's, I feel like Instagram has kind of turned into this online portfolio of, of work for me that's mm-hmm. maybe um, the, the pictures are taken more quickly than the ones that I post on my website. It's like I can I'm able to show more of my process, especially with like the the story um, videos now. Yeah. Those story videos are so cool for artists. I think that they they do a wonder. Yeah, it's really fun because previously there was a lot of pressure to have all of the pictures on your Instagram um, profile look really clean and polished. And um, now you can kind of show your process without having to like over style it. You can just be like, oh, quickly, like this is what I'm working on. This is what's on my desk right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And no one expects it to be perfect. And that's that's what's really nice about it, I think. Yeah, I really like that too. And it's at least when I'm looking at other artists' stories, it's so cool to see their space and like what maybe what they're doing in their own lives because you don't really get to know that um, from their page per se. Mm-hmm. So for sure, what are yeah. some ways that you want to grow as an artist? I think for me, um, some of the ways that I want to grow as an artist is to be a little bit less fearful of trying new things um I think I mean maybe you've noticed from my work I have like a little bit of like a perfectionist slant and I'm trying to work on that and like allow myself space to experiment more and um work on stuff without expecting necessarily a beautiful outcome Mm -hmm. um I think uh, the best artists really give themselves, like, step back and give themselves space to try new techniques and not worry about what the outcome is because you learn from your failures or, like, any odd experiments that you're working on. And um, I think sometimes I am too focused on coming out with this this beautiful end result. Um, and, Yeah. That's really vulnerable and great of you to say because it, it is it's hard, especially when you're doing something with so much detail that I haven't ever jumped into something with this much detail, partially because I am such a perfectionist and I know it probably just mentally <laughs> wouldn't be good for me. But <laughs> but I, I think that's really cool that you're able to recognize that and want to work on that. Yeah, what I've kind of been doing recently as a practice is before I sit down at my desk, I'll give myself some time to like warm up and sketch in Mm. my sketchbook and like not expect myself to come up with like any perfect new designs, just come kind of let myself doodle a little bit and have fun. And that's a really great way to kind of begin my work for that day. Um, Kind of loosen up and not worry so much about it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Sketchbook, sketchbook doodling has ended, I've ended up with some of my favorite things just from doing my sketchbook. And I think that there's, there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's just so much fun. And, um, I think when you like loosen up in that way, you kind of get more access to other ideas that maybe have been floating in the back of your mind that you hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. 
what's next for you as an artist? Um, well, I'm definitely at a transition point in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently quit my job and so I'm trying out freelance full time to see if that can work for me. Um, so I've been taking on a couple gigs and kind of working for clients for the first time. And so that's kind of like now is what's next for me as an mm. artist, I guess. Um, just trying to figure out what I really want and if if this sort of freelance work is fulfilling for me and mm-hmm. like sustainable. Yeah, because be, being an artist is there's no point in doing it if you don't love it. Yeah. You know, and if you don't love the freelance, why do it? Yeah, it's definitely um, a little bit of a, definitely a transition to be working on stuff for clients rather than your own personal work. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I think, I mean, today I spoke a little bit about um, the more three-dimensional projects that I was working on. And for some reason I was so... Um, nervous about starting that one and mm-hmm. like now I'm now I've discovered new techniques from that like particular client project and it's it's kind of cool that I like I get to make something for someone for money but then I also get to take away some cool new techniques from that process and um, I, that was really cool yeah <laughs> that's that's so cool are there jobs in the industry that you can go do paper cutting every day or is freelance kind of the only paper cutting option? Um, there are actually some jobs. So, uh, Facebook has like a creative paper cutting team actually. Um, yeah, a a friend of a friend of mine, um, works there. Um, they're kind of like, you know, when you log into Facebook and they're like, good morning, or like, today is friend day or something like that. Um, the, some of the designs are made entirely from paper. That's so cool. I was just assumed that was digitally animated. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, obviously they clean it up, um, digitally and stuff, but, sure. uh, the original shapes are actually made from paper. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so then what, what's your dream as a paper cutter? I don't know I think part of my process right now while I'm kind of fun employed is to figure out like what my dream is and where I really want to be going with this Mm. um I'm really drawn to illustration and like for children's books or cards or um stuff like that um maybe book covers it's always I, I have very fond memories of all the children's books that I read as a kid and would love to be able to, like, be that artist for another kid. Um, yeah. I think that's a fantastic place to be, of that, that little bit of not knowing but then kind of going towards the direction you want to go. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for doing this. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, it was great to chat with you, too. You can find Carrie at Carrie N. Gelder, K-E-R-R-I-E-N-G-E-L-D-E-R. And you can follow me at Alexandra Draws. 
And I also want to thank each and every one of you that reached out to me this past week about Art Block. It was a huge encouragement to just talk about it and just discuss artist struggles. <laughs> and just because the week is over doesn't mean the conversation is over. So you can get a hold of me through my email or just message me on Instagram. And be sure to post your art under the hashtag Ladies of Instar, and I will really be delighted to check it out. So I'll see you guys next week on another episode with another exciting and great artist on Ladies of Instar. Bye.